Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a June 12th, well, yeah, June 12th, Monday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, a writer at the Associated Press, Real GM, a couple other places these days, and former Blazer rewriter at the Vancouver Columbian. I am joined on this fine Monday afternoon by my pal, a writer covering the NBA, based in Portland, and the host of the Blazers banter panels in the city of Portland. The next one, June 14th. At Century Bar, I will be there. Anand Pandian, what up, AP? What's up? How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Uh, I'm excited. I, I, I'm probably a little irrationally excited for this finals game because there, we just have it. And and so, like, the fact that there is a game gives me hope. Yeah, because yeah, that's, that's, that is a good point. Just, like, these breaks in between the games have been pretty, pretty long and... It was weird for that, like, what? It was, like, a week and a half when the when the conference finals ended and in the finals, there was, like, no basketball. It's always tough. That that seems like it's always, like, a drastic drop all of a sudden when, it's no, when the season ends. But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this game as well. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, I think this pod should go up, like, right before the game starts. Uh, so, uh, you know, and on the last pod, I think I did it also before game four, and I was like, the Warriors are definitely going to sweep tonight. <laughs> and, the ser- and the series is going to be over and all that stuff. And then the Cavs come out and score, make 24 three pointers. And, uh, I, I, yeah. And, and, and I, you know, game three, the craziest thing is, you know, game three, they're like, they're like one, they're one KD pull up three away from being two, two. Right. Or, or, yeah. or a Kyle Corver. I was on with dirt and Sprague today. They were uh-huh. talking a lot about like Kyle Corver, you know, if he makes that shot and he's an amazing three point shooter, you know, then it's also a two-two series. I mean, this. I, even I have been pretty harsh on like the competitiveness of like you know how easy it's been for the Warriors, but like this series could have been a lot, could be a lot closer. And and you know if they win tonight, then if Cleveland wins tonight, it's 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 on. Yeah, you think so? I mean, so I kind of I'm hoping Cleveland wins uh, tonight just so we get more basketball, but also just for the story, for like the narrative surrounding this finals, but. Um, I don't know. I guess it's, it is tough. Like, you know, we always say this now since based on last year, it's tough to count against LeBron, but even if Cleveland wins tonight, I feel like Golden State does have that extra edge. I mean, that's, that's what they showed in game three with KD. He just came out, came down, casually shot a three right in LeBron's face. And that's, that's tough, but I don't know. It's, it's been an entertaining finals despite like the first two games kind of being blowouts. Um, 
know, I, I, be, I think it should be a good one tonight. Yeah, de- definitely think it should be a good one tonight. Uh, very much looking forward to uh, to that that game. Uh, but uh, you're here to talk Blazers as well, and you know we're, yeah. there, there's uh, a lot happening. Lots of draft workouts. The Blazers once again have three first round draft picks in the upcoming draft, which is now ten days away on June 22nd in New York. They have 15, they have 20, and they have 26. Pretty soon, I we're also we're doing our Locked On Network draft, so watch out for that. And uh, you'll find out who I picked on behalf of the Blazers, and you can send me all, all, all the hate messages for how I messed it up. Uh, but, uh, AP, what, what do you think they're going to do with the, those picks? Do you think they use all of them? The draft guys, do you think they package them with one of their other, you know, more long-term expensive contracts to get them off the books? Do you think trading a pick with maybe one of those longer-term guys, depending on who it is, could maybe get someone good back who's ready to contribute now? Uh, I, I think those are all options on the table, but wh- where do you think they go with it? Yeah, I think it's more, you know, personally for me, I feel like it should go more of the last two things you said, which was like... Um, Try to package one of these picks with a player, maybe, maybe Al Crab or Mel Harkless, who have been rumored, I think, with the Knicks, right? Yeah, uh, definitely, yeah, yeah. Har- definitely Harkless has. And trying to get somebody back. I mean, because I think it's, it is kind of cool that they do have the three picks and they could get some young, young, young talent. But then, still, like, you know, that's, the team's still on Dame and CJ's timeline, right? So, how old is Dame now? He's like 26. Yeah, I think 20. he's. I think he's gonna turn twenty seven this year. This, oh, like this This summer, I think. Or yeah, I think. Yeah, I think he is twenty. I think he's going to turn twenty seven this summer. He's sort of like yeah. he's twenty six right now. Yeah, I mean, so if they add like a player, you know, around his age range, I think that could help more win now. But then, you know, this this is the tough thing. This is like what the it's like what the Celtics are also dealing with. Hold on, sorry. <laughs> it's, it's okay. We have a te- we have some technical difficulties here. Sorry about that. Yeah. No, it's like what the Celtics are dealing with, right? Because they have the, the top pick, and it's like, should they get young talent, or should they keep building around Isaiah Thomas and see what's up? So, I don't know. Like, was, that's also kind of interesting in the NBA, because it's like, it feels like some teams are just going to wait out the the Warriors in, in LeBron, right, to see how, how long they will last, and then maybe to try and make their move after that. Totally, but I, I think the the Blazers are in a tough spot. We're like I, I think they are like Boston in a lot of ways. I agree with that that comparison. I think that's a good comparison. But you know, unfortunately, they didn't do they, <laughs> yeah. they, they didn't trade uh, yeah. KG. They didn't trade KG and, and Pierce for you know a bunch of number one picks. Like their pick is just outside of the lottery like that that's a good it's a solid pick it's not a bad pick there's been a lot of good players that have been picked at that spot but it, it isn't as if you know picking someone at that spot is going to be a game changer yeah i agree but um yeah i mean it'll be interesting it, it, the draft is always fun with all these little storylines that could have popped up what could happen what, what did happen type of deal um I mean, what do, you, what do you feel like they could also maybe get like some European prospect or a draft and stash type of deal? 
Oh yeah, no, that's a, that's a good idea too that I didn't even think of. Some guy that doesn't go against that doesn't count against their cap for a couple right. of years. Uh, someone who can be an asset uh, in the future to use in trades too, because that's that's the other win win with international players is you you know you draft the draft and stash is is a, you win in a lot of ways because maybe that player becomes a player that you want to bring into your team and becomes a part of your core or worst case scenario you know you get a team to bite on uh the potential or the idea of him or you know maybe he has a great season in Europe and has a lot of attention on him and then you can kind of you know use him to again package in a trade with another one of your other contracts if you know Portland still yeah. has a lot of the guys which is definitely possible like I know they want to get – I know that their cap situation is bad, but they're not quite on the clock yet. Like, they aren't really on the clock for the luxury tax until next February. So, mm-hmm. like, they they really have – you know, they still have, like, a good, like, eight, nine months before they have to be like, okay. Uh, and even on top of that, probably another year on top of that because that's when they get into the repeater tax. And that's – the one that really hurts you as opposed to the normal luxury tax, which is just dollar for dollar. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be interesting. I mean, these are all uh, topics we're going to cover on Wednesday at century. That's for our, for the blaze of banter event that you kind of, that you did plug at the beginning. Um, you know, Jason quick from Comcast Sportsnet and Joe Freeman from Oregonian going to be a hand, on hand along with yourself. So we'll get some good analysis from all three of you guys. Um, yeah, I'll be, I'll, I'll be, I'll be, uh, I'll be the three man uh, on their on their squad one two the the OGs. Uh, yeah, <laughs> J- Jason and Joe, veterans in the game. Uh, it, it is it is quite the honor to be on the same panel as them. I will say. Oh. Uh, I, I, hey, you know, just come out. You know, you got you got some some OG Blazer veteran writers out there, I, and it's going to be lit. We're all going to be there. It's going to be fun. Like. Come hang out at Century. Yeah, Century, if you haven't been, you know, it's an interesting place on the weekends. But, like, um, it's a very cool bar. The way it's designed, it's kind of stadium seating. Um, but, you know, so it'll, be, it'll, be, it'll be a fun event where, yeah, we're going to do, you know, go over some stuff about the draft, kind of like what me and Eric just talked about. And then we're going to open up to questions and answers with people in attendance. So, you know, if you're there, have some burning questions about the Blazes, you know, Hopefully, one of us can answer it for you. Yeah, and hey, and Joe and Jason have been at the have been at all these workouts, uh, right? At, at the combine, you know, they've seen these guys a lot too. So, uh, good opportunity to ask them questions. You know, ask questions from guys who have you know seen a lot of these guys, interviewed a lot of these guys uh, that the Blazers potentially could be drafting. So, I, I yeah, I think it's gonna be a great great time. And and the last one you did um, at the the Portland Gear Store also mm-hmm. was uh, a lot of fun. Got to meet a lot of you. Uh, who listen to the show or who, you know, or, you know, just are big blazer fans and want to talk blazers, like is, is a great place to do that. So, uh, a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It should be fun. <laughs> it's been a lot, but like, I guess, uh, the one thing I was curious, like, cause you did mention like, you know, yeah, I haven't gone to any of the, the workouts or anything like that yet. I, you know, I read the stuff and watch the videos online. Like, how much can you glean from these players' interviews with that they do before the draft? Like, 
for me, that doesn't really sway too much what they say, right? Because it's just kind of like softball type things they're saying. Yeah, and a lot of them, you know, they, they, and a lot of them too. They're they're out there making their sales pitch, you know, like right, they're exactly. talking. They, like a lot of these guys are out here. Well, like I can do this. I can defend multiple positions. I'm versatile. I'm like you know buzzword about the NBA. Insert there. You know, it's like it's like they they, they know exactly. They know exactly what they're gonna say a lot of times in these draft workouts. But then a lot of times too, it's like you, you see guys that are like, you know, different or kind of uh, in interviews and that, that's kind of interesting sometimes, but in these draft workouts, it's hard to, cause the other thing too is like, you know, for media members, you know, we don't get to see the actual workouts very right. much. So it's like, yeah. you can hear about them and hear about how great they are after the fact. Uh, but, um, and, and you can also see the physical gifts that somebody has or like how, I guess the one thing that I will say, and I, I said this today as well uh, earlier in another conversation, is that, you know, the, the one thing you can't see sometimes is, like, which, you know, which players are the team employees, like, kind of eyeballing mm. or looking at or, um, you know, what prospects, you know, maybe a surprise or whatever, at, at least in terms of their frame or how they look or whatever. And uh, I, I think that is, is kind of how valuable it is. I, I It's... It's not going to – you can't really predict the future with it, though. Like, that's – you know, it's hard to know, like, who who's going to be the best guy based off of his workout or right. his, his interview after the workout. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was curious about. But, you know, that's actually <laughs> – I see that already. But that was actually – I was planning on asking Jason and uh, Joe on, on Wednesday at Century about because They probably have a better perspective on it. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, for me, you know – it's like, should I go down there and actually see? Because then it's like, what if they didn't even draft these dudes, you know? They might, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I will say, I guess, like, you know, one example of, I think, it being kind of worth it, it was like, we were there when, two years ago, when the Blazers had the number 23 pick, which they ended up trading, they ended up selecting Rondé Hollis-Jefferson and then trading. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, you see, you meet, um you know, one of the guys that worked out for the Blazers that we met was Justin Anderson. And, like, you talk to him and you look at him and you see, like, okay, this guy could probably be – he seems like a, a solid interview. And, like, you know, a lot of guys look for guys that can just be, like, you know, good, presentable. And uh, it, it seems like a, a guy that also had the skills to be a, a really good player. And I guess, you know, sometimes you, you like – talking to a player or whatever and learning about him. But at the same time, you know, the interview is not going to tell you everything because like it it, it also too, it just matters like where these guys fall. It has nothing. A lot of it has nothing to do with, you know, what, how they value that player. It's just like, sometimes it's the best player available or, or, you know, guys that they had on the board get taken. Um, Yeah. But but, I mean, I, I think it is worth it sometimes, but it's it's also kind of hard to like know when it when it is worth it, right? To like make the trip down there, and, and, and like it be like a guy that you know, like that year again, that year the last time they had a couple of picks, like we go yeah. out we go out there, you know, and we just need a we just need a story for the paper that day, and it's like, you know, we're talking to Hershey Hawkins' kid about working out for the team that his dad plays for, and Hershey Hawkins' kid is not going to get drafted in the NBA. Like he was a decent, he was like a decent college player who wasn't right. going to get drafted, but like, that's yeah. the story of the day. And like, so draft workouts are kind of uh, interesting for like those like second, you know, like those second or third level stories of the draft where it's like, just, you know, yeah. Things that are more human interest than I would say draft. 
So I feel right. like that's kind of worth it for going to, to draft workouts is you learn more about the players as people, but it's not, it's not a referendum on like who they are as people either. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So what, uh, how do you, how do you feel, uh, overall draft? You think Fultz, it's going to be Fultz ball. I, I think so. Like, I think we've had, I think, I think we've had our collective, I think for a while, you know, and, and, and it's still going on, you know, the, yeah. the Lakers are saying, Hey, uh, they're Jackson, not, in, right? they're not, huh? Josh Jackson, I think. That's, yeah, 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 exactly. yeah. Jackson, or they're like, oh, you know, Ball really has to impress us, and we're not really in love with him. But yeah. you know, and Josh Jackson may uh, be the guy they take. Uh, I, I, but I, I don't buy that. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> yeah. At so it's all, all spin. At it's all. all spin, I, yeah. I, I think what it is is I think it's kind of a little bit of hardball for Lavar, right? To which was a great pun totally on accident <laughs> but it's i think it's just an i think it's an, a negotiating tactic or a tactic for lavar ball to be like okay like maybe calm down on your son like maybe don't like keep on telling everyone he's the best player in the world or whatever and yeah. like also maybe like maybe like give us some space like like just like just like back off and i think i think it's a little bit of like more like negotiating tactics to like get Lavar to calm down maybe a little uh because I, I think they're still gonna take him. It, it's just the match is too perfect. Like Yeah, I agree. A hometown yeah. kid, uh basically, uh it, and he's kind of like I you know really big like game changing offensive type of talent. Like yeah, yeah I, and he, I, he's yeah market from a market standpoint you can market him real well and like you said, with the hometown, especially, I mean, whatever his dad does is ridiculous, but, you know, people people are going to buy into that. I don't, I, the draft is always a lot of fun, just in general, just to see uh, see what the players wear, of course, is always fun, but then also just to see, uh, like, the trades, the fans' reactions. Like, that kid, that cry for Zingas kid is still, like, that's, like, one of the best draft moments, even though that kid turned out to be, like, a fake after, after the fact. But, like, so it'll be cool. It'll be cool. Yeah, yeah, I love I love the draft. The draft is going to be so much fun. Uh, The trades, obviously, I think there's going to be a lot of stuff that goes down on draft night itself because that's also too. It's like guys, people have even said this too. It's like everyone thinks that like all these GMs are like you know you know they're a lot of them are really great and organized and do great at what they do. But then a lot of them too, like you read things, it's like. You know, guys, people start trading, and then all of a sudden, there's like pressure now to like get in on the action because you just want to get a trade off. Like, like that yeah, that just yeah. happens. Like the peer pressure amongst the GMs. Like, so like if one thing gets going, it can kind of snowball into like a bunch of player movement. And Portland is a team that you right. know, we've already yeah. we are we have already heard the Knicks buzz. We've heard tons of buzz about who they could go after who they may be interested in moving, et cetera, et cetera, uh, and, and what players they've been talking about. And, and I think that that's going to continue. I don't think they're going to, you know, they have made trades like the day before the draft before, and, and that happens sometimes. But I, I think, too, just when the pressure gets there and then, like, the adrenaline and the peer pressure of all the other GMs doing deals and calling and getting on the phone, like, I think all of that will coalesce into like a lot of like jittery stuff and like actual deals going down because too, uh, you know, I think obviously like there's 
really just two teams. Like everybody needs to improve in the league. Like every team needs to do something to get better. And so I think that also too is going to force teams into a lot of deals uh, just because of, and also do cap space is also getting, you know, it's not what it was last summer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think I think you're right. I think the port I think Portland could that mix thing. I think is is pretty real because I feel like last definitely for the last draft. I'm pretty sure Phil Jackson's always because they don't have any picks to mix, and so they're always trying to get into the draft. Although, <laughs> although I, I mean I don't know how they are with playing their young players, but I feel like I feel like that 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 r- rumor report or whatever with their Knicks is probably going to eventually happen. I bet that's the one like thing I if, I would like put money on. Because Phil Jackson's always trying to get into the draft. So, the last, so I whatever. guess what is have you like have you gone to the trade machine and like thought any <laughs> ideas through like like what is your Knicks trade like do you have any idea of, of like what your like hypothetical Knicks trade would be? Yeah, so that's the problem though. So if they package if the Blazers package one of their picks uh, and like a player like a Mo Harkless, let's say, who are they gonna get for the Knicks? They'll get a player who's basically the same player as, like, Mo Harkless, right? With, like, maybe Lance Thomas. Yeah, that, that's basically – basically you're just trading to just – to cut, like – Move four, salary. To yeah. move, like, $4 million, like, yeah. and, and, and get basically the same type of player functionally right. as Mo Harkless. Yeah, and I also think Mo Harkless is probably better yes. than anybody. More, and and he's, still, he's younger, I, yeah. Still yeah, has more younger. upside, I think, yeah. too, than Lance Thomas. Yeah, I was like, who was it? Who else? Like the the Holiday Kid was in there. Justin Holiday, like yeah. Right, who who they had in their D League, by the way, the Blazers oh. did um, before he like you know got signed. I forget who he got signed to first, and then made it yeah, in the D League to it, and then it was on the Warriors, whatever. But anyway, so yeah. basically, what you're saying is though is like, honestly, the best player that they can trade for in all of these trades that I've run through, in my opinion, is Melo. Like that's the best, that, and it's not going to happen because he no. has a no trade clause. Yeah, I don't think it's going to. I don't think he wants to leave New York. It's obviously a no. pipe dream. Um, or he, if he's going to leave New York, he wants to go somewhere where he can, you know, be in a big market like L.A. Yeah. But like when you look, at, like that's the thing. That's the point you're making, though. It's kind of like every other Knicks trade is kind of weak. Like right. from like it, it, like every other Knicks trade other than Mello would be strictly bookkeeping. Right. And, um, but you know, that may be the move, may be a move that the Blazers have to consider because of where their cap situation is. But, you know, we've also had things, you know, too, where, you know, Mike Richmond from the Oregonian, you know, reported that, you know, the Blazers aren't interested in just looking to dump salary. Like yeah, I saw that. Yeah. They're, they're not looking to move one of these guys that has a long-term contract just for the sake of moving him. And so that's why, like, I like start th- like, Again, it all comes back to the fact that Melo has the ability to veto the trade. But, like, in terms of, like, a trade that would actually help Portland, I think, uh, you know, that Melo would be, like, the only one. I don't, and I don't think it – and I don't – like, I don't really buy – you know, I don't really – I don't think that's going to happen as much yeah. as I wish it would. Yeah? You want – you're part of – I mean, where would he play? He'll play, what, the four? No, he'll play the three. I mean, that would be a pretty solid lineup, but – uh, I mean, that, find, that, also, that also goes back to what I'm saying, where like then it changes to the whole timeline for like Dame and CJ. But then it's like, all right, now we got a legit superstar in Melo, and then who's going to be who's going to be the number one dude 
Because Mallows used to be the number one dude. Yeah, but I think I, – I mean, you got you to gotta wonder though. Like it, it, it – does Melo really think he's the number one dude anymore? Like – like, I mean, we saw this with D-Wade, dude. Like, D-Wade went to Chicago and, like, you know, he does he does soak up possessions and stuff like that. But, like, there's no question that Jimmy Butler is the number one dude. And, like, I, I think that at some point, I don't know if it's now, and I don't know if he'd only do it if he, like, played with the Banana Boat Squad or whatever. But at some point, Melo's got to look in the mirror and say, I mean, even LeBron, it, you know, he's getting older. And he's in way better shape than Melo. And, like... Like, at some point, you have to realize, like, you need help if you want to win in this league. And if Melo wants to win, uh, I think a Portland situation would be very cushy for him because he wouldn't have to do a whole lot. Uh, he, could yeah. still, he could still, like, be on a second unit and get a ton of possessions and, like, and all of that. I, I obviously, you know, defensively, there are tons of concerns about Melo, and I totally hear those. But also, my stance on Portland is they're not good, at, they're not good enough at offense to say, okay, well, we're, we need to stop adding good offensive players. They're just not good enough at it yet, I don't think. Yeah. Like, they had a real down season in that respect last year, and Nurkic helped. But I just don't think that they are, are a, a team that can say, like, if a situation for Melo presented itself where all you have to give up is, like – because it does work. Like, you, what the Melo asking price now is not, like, multiple picks. It would be, like, maybe one of the picks in a player to match salary. Because mm-hmm. all the other Melo deals that we hear about, like the Clippers one, is, like, J.J. Redick – for mellow or whatever. And it's like the Clippers don't even have picks to trade to give, right. to give to the Knicks. And I, I, I like, that's why like, I, I had way more belief in a mellow deal, even with the North trade clause than I would like a Paul George deal or a Jimmy Butler deal where like you package all those picks that will never net you a player, the level of either one of those guys. Whereas like at least at mellow now on the decline, like, you can still get something of value for him because I, I just yeah. think the, those other two guys, they're in their prime. And I think that, you know, I just don't think Portland would have enough to get one of those guys. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's no way Paul George would want to come here. I don't think. And Jimmy Butler, I don't know. He's, he's always in the rumors, but I don't know, man. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if, if, if they, if they're mellow. I, I, so I guess I'll say like the whole thing where you're like, if mellow thinks he's, not the number one guy. I actually agree. I think this year he was deferring a lot to Porzingis, and for whatever reason, they just couldn't figure it out on the court. Uh, whether that was Hornacek's coaching style or Phil Jackson all constant meddling. Um, but I mean, Melo's an inter- inter- interesting ca- uh, player <laughs> because yeah, he came in with LeBron. He was a he was a star. Still, yeah, he's still is excellent player. But now he's just kind of one of those dudes who's just like very good and everybody kind of hates on him because like he's never won anything, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Man. I mean, it'll be, it'll be a very interesting summer. If he gets out, if Blazers make a trade, uh, but we'll see. No, I, I mean, I, I'm just trying to think of the options on the table for Portland. Cause like for Portland to use their, cause like I hear the dumping salary argument, but they already committed last year to like paying yeah. a lot for their franchise and, and for this core. Like I, 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 Part of me believes that, you know, Paul Allen allowed Neil Olshay to sign all those guys, go over the cap and set up a situation where they could be a tax team because he believes in that team. Like that story last year when they were in the Golden State series, not this past year, but when they were in the second round against Golden State, like Paul Allen went into the locker room. You know, Jason Quick was the one who reported it and like cried in front of the team and like and like told the team like they were like the team that moved him the most of like any Blazer team he could remember. And Mm. like. 
it's clear that like there's something about this Blazers team that like grabs Paul Allen. And so like sure. if that is the case, then like okay, maybe think outside the box of like okay, maybe they're going to have an exorbitant team that has a lot of money and salary. But how can you use that salary to maybe get a player that can actually help you win? And you know, I think that's then going back to Mike's report, I think that that is more of the thought process of the Blazers organization than it is you know, the the greater perception, I think, that, like, the cap situation is the most important, most pressing, you know, thing that will end up ruining this team or whatever. Yeah. I actually remember now that now that we're talking about it, I feel like Australian media, um, exit media interviews, whatever it was called, properly called, he did talk a lot. He didn't talk a lot. He did mention a couple times about how, um, yeah, they're not going to just try and cut salary just to cut salary in a sense because – they want to try and keep this core together. So, I don't know. Portland's an interesting team now because the Nurkic trades kind of kind of made a lot of lot of uh, difference. Because now they have like three. They got the big man Nurk, and then they got CJ and Dame. And yeah, you never know. They could they could make a some move on draft night and get a little bit better. If, if they could get if they could get some kind of impact player on the wing that right whether and and whether to me too it's like. I know that everyone wants to go to defense, but I think if you see a guy that can also just make like a real Im- positive impact on the offensive end, even and like be okay enough on defense, I don't think that I think that that is something they should look at because again, like too many of the guys that they have playing, like give them one, give them like they just don't do enough of either one to really be great. You know what I mean? Like, like, a, yeah. like a Minu, like, I mean, his defense was solid, but he didn't play enough. He was hurt. And, like, uh, Harkless is, like, okay at shooting and okay at defense and, like, pretty solid at defense, but he's not great at either one. And, like, like Aminu is, like, the closest you have to, like, a player who's great at one thing, and he didn't really play that much last year. And and Crab is a great offensive player, but his defense really slips. And, like, but he's not – I don't necessarily know if he's, like, especially with Damon CJ and at the position he plays, is the type of offensive player that you need. So it's like a lot of these things, a lot of factors going into it, and I just think that they need they need someone that can make an impact and be like really, really good at either end of the floor. I think that would help. They just need someone that can be like, okay, like this is my thing, and I'm going to do it really well. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, so that's why like Mello, he would come in and he could. <laughs> okay. I'm, just saying, I'm just saying, Mello could come yeah. in, and he could get buckets. Like that's yeah. just, that could be his thing. And sure. like, and, and there's no questioning that Mello can get baskets. Like, yeah. but, uh, again, no trade clause never happened, but, <laughs> yeah. but you never know. Maybe never know. we, we got to take the, the, in this, in just in this respect, maybe we, we, we take the LeVar ball approach and we speak it into existence. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, that was from, <laughs> that was from the ESPN feature yeah. about the ball family. Um, uh, AP, any, any, uh, any things, any, any, uh, finals, hot takes, any, any other things you want to alert the, 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 the folks to, um, or any, any draft takes? Uh, I know you, you said the Knicks, that was one, one of the, the a good take. I, I thought that the, a deal with the Knicks is going to happen. Yeah. That's uh, my take. That's, that's a great take. I like that. Any other takes for the people uh, out there? I think I'll save it for, uh. The Wednesday Blazer Banter event at Century. Ooh, very smart. I'll, I'll plug, plug those takes for that. Uh, I'm sure you got some takes you've been saving up to to uh, debate in public with people. Uh, so yeah, uh, just another 
Uh, refresher this Wednesday, June fourteenth at Century. It's in Northeast Portland. It's off. It's on Sandy Boulevard. Um, it's gonna be me, Eric Gunderson, Jason Quick, and Joe Freeman talking Blazers. Then uh, opening up for question and answers with uh, people in attendance. Free event starts at seven p.m. Um, should be a good time. Excellent. You heard it. Century Bar Wednesday. Blazers banter panel. It's going to be a lot of fun. See you there. Thanks, uh, AP, for coming on the pod. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see you out there at Century Bar on Wednesday. All right, thanks.